0: get the most out of life? How do you get the most out of having children, out of being married, or out of being single? How do you get the most out of your job? How do you get the most out of your church, your relationships, and your community? You get the most out of all of these things by living with intentionality. Living with intentionality means that you choose the kind of life that you want to live. You are intentional about the time that you spend with the people that you love. That you are intentional about the decisions that drive your daily life. Our conversation today is with Richard Del Toro, Assistant Chief of Police for Port St. Lucie, Florida. And we're gonna talk about how we can build better communities by working together by being intentional and treating our lives and our titles as just rented titles that we have the opportunity to leverage for good. In fact, one of my favorite quotes for the podcast today is you should use the position you have in life and leverage that to help as many people as you can. Stories from Port St. Lucie, Florida. I am your host, Jorge Coxach. This podcast is dedicated to telling the stories of the people, the movements, the places, and the businesses that make Port St. Lucie feel like a small town, despite the fact that it's one of the fastest growing cities in all of the United States of America. In this podcast, you will hear people's stories of how they started businesses, you will hear them talk about their lives and what drives them to do what they do to form the bustling, thriving community that is our town here in Port St. Lucie.
1: Del Toro, Assistant Chief of Police at the Port St. Lucie Police Department.
0: Thank you so much for coming on to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here today.
0: Yeah. Um, th- when did you get to Port St. Lucie and um, and how did you get here?
1: So my parents relocated here after my father uh, retired as a police officer from Connecticut. So mm-hmm. I had lived in Connecticut at the time. And after my father moved here and after I got married at the ripe old age of 20 years old, I uh, decided to come down here and pursue... Uh, my dream of becoming a police officer and following my father's footsteps. A little different okay. down here in Florida to go to the academy. You can yeah. actually put yourself through the academy and then get hired. Whereas in Connecticut, you had to be hired by a police department first and then go to the academy. So a little bit different process. Did they pay
0: for the academy at least if, if if that were the case? If
1: that's the case, if you get hired up there first. Then, but it's just very um, tough, small departments, not a lot of openings where Port St. Lucie was mm. growing, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we have been over the last 23 years that I've been here. Yeah but uh, so yeah came down went to the academy and uh, the rest is history but uh, had an interesting you know journey to get there Um, yeah my, uh, my father at the time had a uh, clothing store that uh, had gone out of business. You know, he sold jeans, different things like that. Yeah. So I took all his uh, excess inventory and went down to the B&A flea market in Stewart and uh, sold those on the weekends until I had enough money to go to the academy and, and pay my tuition. Yeah. But, Th- that uh, was here that already? That was here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I worked some long weekends there and uh, finally got in the academy and, um, yeah. you know, through the college, Indian River State College, that's where I went to right. the police academy. Right. And uh, when I when I finished the academy, I had a, had a couple job offers, and I was actually turned down by Port St. Lucie initially, believe it or not. You're kidding? I, yeah, turned wow. down by Port St. Lucie, and I, uh, you know, I didn't have any college at the time. I wasn't certified at the time. Had no military. No nothing yeah. really to bring to the table other than the fact that I was, you know, 21 years old and, you know, yeah, no type of criminal record or anything like that. So, but uh, they didn't realize as I was in the academy at the time. So mm. I was fortunate enough to get a, an interview after being turned down. The director of the academy uh, made some phone calls and said, hey, I think this is a good recruit you need to look at. So yeah. came in one morning, it was like a Monday, and the uh, recruiter at the time, like I was explaining to you, he was a former Oakland police officer, a motor mm. officer, and he had, mm. I mean, the guy was well built, really looked the Big part. Guy. Yeah, the shirt fitted. I mean, this guy looked, you know, yeah. he, he really looked like Chips, uh, the show, you know, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And, um, you know, he asked me if I remembered him over the weekend because I worked at uh, Sam's Club, um, mm-hmm. you know, stocking shelves and in the freezer cooler section while I was in the academy. I worked there yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sundays. And um, he, like, he's like, do you remember me from the weekend? And I was like, I'm looking at him. And he looked totally different out of uniform. Yeah. And I said, yeah, you, you came up to me and asked me about, uh, I think he asked me about like pizza rolls or something. <laughs> and uh, I said, he goes, yeah, I wanted to see what your customer service was like because that's very important to us here at Port St. Lucie. Wow. And I was like. Well, I must have did something right because I'm here for, <laughs> for the interview, and uh, pretty much the rest is history. Got hired, and yeah, just been an unbelievable journey for the last 23 years. Been so blessed to to work in this department and for this for the city and in, in this community.
0: 23 years, and and the part that caught my attention was the customer service emphasis. Mm-hmm. Now, I live in Port St. Lucie, mm-hmm. and I've seen um, the city is a very safe place. I mean, correct. It, it's 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 surprising to me uh, because I come from, I, I grew up in New York and I, and I come from New Jersey and um, the difference is, is jarring you know um, what, what is it about this department, what is it about this city that, that, it, that makes it that way that makes it such a safe place to, to live. And, and I think that we were talking earlier, and you mm-hmm. said it's one of the safest places to live in Florida. Mm-hmm.
1: Statistically, yeah. yeah. So Port St. Lucie right now is uh, the seventh largest city in the state of Florida. We're over yeah. 200,000 residents. I think we're 204,000 the last census, and we're continuing to grow. Last year, had over 4,000 single-family home building permits. This year, we're on pace for that as well. Yeah. In addition, now, what people don't realize is when Port St. Lucie was first developed, it was going to be a bedroom retirement community. It yeah. was just that's why there's no downtown. That's why we didn't have those type of developments here. It was just going to be a retirement homes yeah. over time, as people moved up here and it became a much younger community, the needs changed. So that's why you're seeing developments like we're out, we're out here right now in tradition. There's more of yeah. a downtown atmosphere. There's businesses now, commercial coming here. Yeah. Um, but as the cities continue to grow, you know, there's a lot of challenges with that. You know, increased population could increase crime. Believe it or not, though, we're actually down 58% in crime over the last 10 years.
0: Yeah. A, 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 a rate that was already low to begin with, yes. and you're down even more, 58%. More now. Wow. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. And, um, you know, we, for 13 years now, we've been the safest city in Florida, statistically, with a population over 100,000 residents. You know, we're very proud of that. That's, uh, that's what, like our Super Bowl rings. You know that's, what I mean? That's the, a great title. Championships. To have, yeah. yeah. I mean, the first thing people want to know when they move to your community is a safe community. Now, right. that doesn't mean we don't have crime. There is crime <laughs> right. that happens. Right. But, um, but it's a very safe place. You know, the, the city's also, people don't realize, 120 square miles. It's the third largest city in the state land wise. Yeah. And it's not fully developed yet. But out of the 200,000 residents, there's not a bad place to live in Port St. Lucie. That's mean, there, true. There is any neighborhood, you could walk down any street at two o'clock in the morning here and not have to worry about being a victim of a crime. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't recommend doing that, but no, of I'm course. just saying it's It's all about feeling safe and do, mm-hmm. do people feel safe. But um, we have a very um, sophisticated crime reduction strategy that we use and actually developed mm-hmm. with um, Florida Atlantic University back yeah. in 2004, and we refined it over the years. But we basically use analysis problem identification and then we use evidence-based strategies and an accountability structure to make sure those are being used and it has just produced unbelievable results. It's basically putting your people where you're having problems and working on those problems together with our community. We have an awesome relationship with our community. I mean, I can't go to a restaurant, I can't go anywhere without someone thanking me for my service. What you see nationally, you don't really see here in Port St. Lucie. And yeah. I like to think it goes back to that customer service that we do. Right. And I'm going to touch on that real quick. You know, we, we do take a business approach here uh, with the police department, a little right. different than most places do. But we use terms like customer service. And, I, you know, when we first started That's talking that That's not a
0: that term way, you hear the no. police department use no. customer service. How is your customer service skills? Right. But it does come down to that. To an extent. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, and I've had this conversation with officers because when we first started talking that way, you know, you'd hear officers say, Well, you know, we're not Walmart, this, that. And I would yeah. say, Well, I beg to differ with you because anytime someone pays you for a service, mm-hmm. I think that establishes a business relationship. I see. People want to make sure they're getting good value for the services that they're paying for. You know, I don't mind when I go to a restaurant paying yeah. good money for the food, but it better be good value, good food, right. good service by the end of it. And it's just a reminder, too, that we're here to serve people right so when I send a concern that comes in so I'll give you an example how we do our customer service yeah in addition to the 911 calls when we go out to your house and handle stuff but sometimes people will write to us through our um, we have we call it one PSL it's an online app you can Mm -hmm. say hey I'm speeding on my street um, these days of the week and um, you know my name is Rich Del Toro so we assign that in our customer service process to the district commander, who's like the chief of that area. That area. And he contacts the customer. Hmm. Now, if I said to him, contact the complainant, all of a sudden that's like a negative…
0: There's a negative connotation, connotation to, to that. that. Absolutely. And it,
1: it skews your attitude towards dealing with that person. So we're like, contact the customer within 24 hours. Yeah find out what the problem's about, what we're going to do about the problem. And then, after a couple weeks, you're going to follow up with the customer and let them know what the outcome is with their concerns. People love that. They really love that small hometown. You know we're a big city? Yeah. They feel like they're being addressed, they're being heard, because I think a lot of police departments make a mistake of trying to dictate to the community how Mm. they're going to provide services rather than the community telling them what their concerns are. Yeah. Like, you know, for me, or you ask any police officer, it's like, oh, robbery, murders, you know, that's not what people are concerned about. People are concerned about the little things, traffic, Mm. speeding, Mm. quality of life, blight, you know, all those little things that it's not, you know, glamorous for. Police officers, but those are the issues that are concerning to our community. Yeah, and um, we take that stuff serious, and we want to address those things. And you know, community policing is all about relationships with the community. We do a really good job of getting out in the community, especially at events, weekends, nonprofit work, things like that, where we're part of this community. Hmm. And um, you know, we really just believe you you know you can't wait for a crisis to happen to build a relationship. Right. You know, if you have good relationships with people, and a crisis does happen. They're much more willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and say, well, let's wait till all the facts come out because we trust our police department. We trust the leaders of the police department. They're doing the right things, and um, that's served us well over the years.
0: And I'm sure that that approach of of having the perspective of customer service as opposed to – the plaintiff or the, or the complaint right. person, yeah. you used the word that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just,
1: it's a mindset, you know, yeah. it really is. And you want your officers knowing that that's what your culture is going to be all about. And, uh, and I'm not saying we get it right hundred percent of the time either. We have some officers that have made some mistakes. Right. Um, and you know, when we do, we try to own them, learn from mm-hmm. them and move on, mm-hmm. uh, have some teachable moments and, and correct behaviors. And I think that's even going to get better as we move to body cameras in the future. I think we're going to see a lot more, um, a lot more accountability and transparency with that process, and ways for us to learn and improve our customer service. But like what I told you about, like that process with the traffic complaint, that's just one example of customer service. But um, you know, it is a mindset within the agency. You know, sometimes I mean, I'll see those um, concerns come in over the 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 system one PSL. It's an app, so whenever one is generated, generates basically a ticket, like a, a tracking number. Right and I'll see them come over the weekends and I'll call people on the weekends sometimes say, Hey, this is assistant chief, uh, Del Toro. I about your, uh, traffic complaint on your road. Mm. Like it's Saturday. What are you, what are you calling me for? I'm like, well, yeah. I just, you know, it's really important to me. I just wanted to touch, bit you know, and I yeah. get a kick out of that cause they yeah, like yeah. it and they, you know, they yeah. think it's, uh, they just like the, they like that Personal aspect of service. Touch. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, um, it's really fun. And, you know, we get a good response from it and, um, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to serve people, and I think I don't right. think we could ever lose sight of that. And I think sometimes we do. Yeah. Um, we get complacent, or we mm. think like um, we're owed something. And mm-hmm. I, not just in policing. I just think in life sometimes when you know you got to earn it every single day. You got to yeah. earn that trust earn that respect. If you yeah. want respect. You got to give people respect. Those are just some of the things yeah. I really believe in. So yeah,
0: I, I I love I love the perspective that that you're you're putting forth in terms of serving people or earning that trust, earning that respect. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where the relationship with the police wasn't very positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I've noticed that the relationship with the police here is very positive. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has a lot to do with it. You know, you're not taking it for granted. You're not taking the relationships for granted. You're saying, we're going to earn our trust. We're going to earn the people's trust um, and pour into the community. Um, Do you think that that's something that is a mindset that you've brought to the department or is it just part of the culture that was already established?
1: So we've always had a, um, when, when I arrived here, the department's only 40 years old, which is very okay. young. started yeah. in 1980. We just celebrated our 40th anniversary. Wow. And so it started with nine officers originally. This year we're going to be close mm. to 280 officers. So over time it's grown. Yeah. Um, and so with the challenges of growth, we've had a lot of good chiefs over the years that have stuck to community policing our department was really built on that philosophy that was really popular Mm -hmm. back in the late 80s early 90s yeah and when I was coming in that's that's really all I know yeah policing and now we've gotten into the the technology like I talked about the analysis evidence-based policing so that's kind of what our officers have known from the beginning but we've always had that community policing relationship with our community that philosophy that only by working together can the police and the community solve problems because 280 officers is not enough to police a city of two hundred thousand. yeah we get a lot of information from our community but the only reason they give us information and trust us is because of that that bond we have with right. them, that trust right so um it was established before i got here but we believe in it we um have encouraged it kept it going yeah um, i think improved it to be honest with you right um we're also very what people don't realize too about this Port St. Lucie Police Department, is we're an internationally accredited organization. And when I talk about accreditation, sometimes people are like, well, what's that?
0: Right. That's, that's that was the question I was going to have. Yeah. What, what does it even mean so to be basically, accredited?
1: Basically, accredited means that for, to be internationally accredited. There's 18,000 law enforcement agencies throughout the country. Really? Only 1,000 oh. are internationally accredited, and we're one of them. We're one of 158 that are accredited with excellence out of 18,000. Wow. That means we follow over 400 and I believe 80 standards, mm-hmm. best practices, and policies that we have to show proof that we're doing every three years. Outside assessors come in. Yeah. they look at our policies, and they, we have to show proof that we're following those policies. And then you can become accredited. Now it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to do that. So yeah. nationally, when you when you heard about police reform and different things like that. When they talked about things like eight can't wait i don't know if you ever saw that uh, that movement There was a hashtag eight can't wait it was about mm-hmm. eight different things police departments need to do like ban chokeholds do all those things well port st lucie never uh waited those things have been yeah addressed for years because we're an accredited agency wow and the real reform that needs to happen, and I don't want to go off into a political tangent, but the, the, that I believe needs to happen is more agencies need to become accredited. It yeah. should be mandatory that, you know, you, you wouldn't go to a college and pay money to a, a college that's not accredited. Right. You wouldn't go to a doctor who's not board certified. Why should a community be served by a police department that's not accredited following best practices, best standards? Right. And I'm proud of the fact that we do that. And yeah. um, it's a testament, I think, that we, we give that professional service out here yeah, because that's what our policies are. That's the way we're going to do business. You know, when I see when I saw all agencies after the George Floyd murder, going, we banned chokeholds. Well, where have you been for 15 years? You know, mm-hmm. that was my first question. You know, yeah. because the the problem is everyone believes that what happens in Minnesota, we get painted with the same brush because right. of the badge. You know, right. and it's just not. Hey, life's not fair. I get it. And but mm-hmm. you know, we just do things differently in Port St. Lucie, and I'm proud of that. And that, that's that's a testament to the people over the last 40 years, that started accreditation 30 years ago, yeah. that wanted to make this a professional agency. You know, when I when I first came here, I, like I told you before, I had no mm-hmm. education. Met with my chief, yeah. his name was John Skinner mm-hmm. at the time. And he sat me down he said, listen, um, this is a growing agency. If you mm-hmm. wanna compete for promotions and different things, you need to go back and get your college. Yeah, And my, my father was a police officer, didn't have any college education. How I, long
0: did your father police?
1: Uh, 20, 20 years. Wow. And he, you know, I just saw him go to work every day, and I didn't think it was a blue collar type job. Yeah. When I got to Port St. Lucie, all my buddies that I that I, I met now, they're, they're, they got bachelor's degrees, master's degrees. I'm like, really? Oh my God, I got I got to go back to college. So I started going back to IRSC, got my associate degree while I'm working full time, plus taking mm-hmm. police classes. Mm-hmm. I went and got my bachelor's degree from Barry University, and then I ended up getting my master's degree in public administration from Nova Southeastern University down in um, down in uh, Dade. Yeah. And um, I'm glad I did. You know, our, our entire command staff at the Port St. Lucie Police Department has a master's degree. To be a lieutenant in this organization, you have to have a minimum of a bachelor degree. Um, we are a very educated workforce in Port yeah. St. Lucie, and I'm proud of that. And again, that, started, that culture started a long time ago.
0: And, and it shows in the way that you approach the service. It shows in the, the strategies that you're implementing, and, and even... Even the, 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 the need that you find for accreditation, mm-hmm. what, what, what you said, you know, that, that need for oversight. And you're not afraid to have Absolutely. those regulations mm-hmm. because you're not afraid to rise to a certain standard. You've gone through the process of bringing yourself to a certain standard academically. Right. And I think that that is reflected sure. in, in the work that you're doing. And I think that that's, that's very uh, commendable.
1: Well, our former chief, um, Brian Ruther, uh, he's now the, the uh, chief of the school district, um, sure. police. And he used to always tell me, you know, education is not going to make you a better police officer, but it will give you a more conceptual view of the agency, the business side of things. Yeah. And I just believe that to be true. You know, I, I run a $52 million budget. And, you know, we're accountable to the taxpayers, and without an education in finance, budgeting, public administration, I couldn't mm. do that, mm-hmm. you know? So, you, you know, this is, um, I, I believe people expect us to have that level of education, professionalism. Yeah. Um, that's what they want, that's why they yeah. wanna live here. You know, like we talked before offline, When people move to the community, the first thing they wanna know, is it a safe community? What yeah. type of neighborhood am I moving into? And that's the beauty of Port St. Lucie, you know? Two, you know, 120 square miles, 200,000 people. There's not a bad area to live in Port St. Lucie. We're we're one of two integrated cities in the United States. When I say integrated, meaning people from all different backgrounds just live together. We don't have a Hispanic community. We don't yeah. have a Black community. Everyone lives together, and it's it, it's it's just been proven. There was an article on it recently that that we're one of two integrated cities in the United States. Really, and um, I'm proud of that. It's great. Everyone mm-hmm. just lives here. Mm-hmm. I mean look, we have neighbor problems, things, different things like that. I'm not going to say that we don't have issues going on, but as far as safety goes and being in a good community, Port St. Lucie is the place to be, I think that's why people continue to move here day in and day out.
0: I I wrote an article on the reasons why you should move to Port St. Lucie. One of the things that I pointed out was was, was exactly what you said, and mind you, I've been in this community for three years, not as long as you have, but it was already observable. Um, There isn't there, I haven't seen a place that's a bad neighborhood, like you said, mm-hmm. where it's like, you can move anywhere in Port St. Lucie, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's a good neighborhood. And and that's been my experience. It's been the experience of the over 115 family members that we have living here. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in Port St. Lucie. And they live all across, yeah. you know, um, from here to, to Port St. Lucie West to, you know, different yeah. parts of, of Port St. Lucie in the north and the south. So... And everywhere that they live mm. is a great place to live. It is. You know, it, it's any, any one of those places is somewhere where we would live and, and have. I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old and feel perfectly safe and, and, and good about yeah. that particular place. So I can definitely attest to that, you know, as a resident.
1: Right. No, and, and you know, I, I live here with my family. Yeah. I have a vested interest in keeping this community safe. Um, a lot of our officers live here within the city. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody wants to grow up raise their families in a nice area and port st lucie just has such a high quality of life and and the value for what you pay for a home and things like that the services that you get provided yeah now it's changed over the years i mean it's obviously gone up as more people have moved here i mean my first house when i moved here i had a three-bedroom house like two thousand square feet i bought it as a foreclosure it was fifty thousand dollars you can't even buy a car for (laughs) fifty thousand dollars So wow. it's changed over time a little but, bit. Yeah, a little bit. a little bit.
0: My mother-in-law bought her house for fifty thousand. Yeah, and um, and it was it was like you said it was three bedrooms, beautiful, home, yeah. two stories. Um, eventually, she sold it and sure. has the house that she has now. But it, it was a very different time yeah. when when they first started colonizing. <laughs> 115 <laughs> people later. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey. But
1: you know what's so great about Fort St. Lucie now, though, is like where we're sitting right now in tradition. Yeah. Um, when I first started here, this was a cow pasture. This was Gatlin Boulevard. A cow was, pasture. Gatlin Boulevard was two lanes back then when I first started. Now it's six. And it leads wow. into tradition. You know, tradition's going to be about 100,000 people when it's all said and done. That's not going to count daytime traffic because we have yeah. businesses now. Yeah. I mean, Amazon. Um, FedEx is coming here with their distribution center, Um, Cheney Brothers. I mean, they're building. we got got Cleveland Clinic, a huge campus here, and then they're going to be expanding to 40 more acres over there. Wow. So really good for young people now that are not retired. I mean, obviously, it's a great place to retire. I mean, we have great quality of life and different things to do. Yeah, the third
0: best place in the the United States was the the recent uh, ranking that I saw. Yeah, it's
1: amazing. So it's just such such an awesome place to live, and uh, like I said, I'm very proud of you know, what we've accomplished here, how we do things. And, um, you know, I want to keep see that continue because I think we have an awesome opportunity to keep that going right. for a long
0: time. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked a lot about you as a police officer, and, and that's that's important as the assistant chief. Um, but what about your free time? What what do you like to do and yeah. spend time with your family, yeah. I'm sure? I <laughs> love spending time <laughs> with
1: my family. So I've been married. Uh, this year will be 24 years. Twenty-four years. Twenty-four years this month, actually. Yeah. So, uh, been very blessed. Have an awesome. Your first marriage. Your second marriage is the police department. (laughs) Yes. You know, and I always, I always uh, you know, kid with people, you know, when I talk about my wife and, you know, I can't help but think about that old saying, you know, behind every successful person stands a very surprised mother-in-law. And uh, <laughs> so my, uh, but my, my in-laws live here as well. So do my parents. Yeah. We actually yeah. live within a, a block of each other. So it's really nice, really strong knit family. But um, I have two daughters. One, um, one just graduated college from University of Florida Nursing. Hmm. She's actually gotten a job over at Tampa at Tampa General as yeah, a critical yeah. uh, care nurse. Hmm. And she's working on her graduate degree. So yeah. she's going to be uh, off dad's payroll here shortly. So that's, uh, yeah, that's congratulations. a... congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then our youngest daughter, she's a junior in high school. So we got a couple more years with her before she goes to college. But um, yeah. no, just very blessed. And I spend a lot of time with my family. I spend a lot of time, you know, with the police department. I'm involved in the community quite a bit. I sit mm-hmm. on a, um, a few um, nonprofit boards. I was appointed by uh, Governor Scott at the time to the Children's Services Council. Mm-hmm okay which is a um uh organization tax funded that you know we oversee their budget and different programs within the community Mm -hmm. all about you know kids and healthy lifestyles yeah um i say i'm the immediate past chair and president of the boys and girls club of st lucie county that's a wonderful board that we sit on we serve thousands of kids yeah um every year every day and uh you know i'm just real passionate about the kids in the community and what they can do especially ones that that need us the most yeah and then my daughters started a nonprofit, oh. believe it or not, when they were younger. Really? And yeah, so this is an interesting story. So they, um, when they were about 10, my oldest was 10 and my youngest was 6, they saw some homeless um, individuals. Yeah. And they wanted to help, so they started collecting clothes and doing different things like that. Yeah. So when I got into this job mm-hmm. as assistant chief, I was, um, you know, I you know, said some prayers about it, and when I, I, I just said, I made a promise to, to God that one day I was going to do something with that nonprofit. Yeah, you know, once I got to this position, hmm. and after a few years and lear- getting into nonprofit work with the Boys and Girls Club and some other right. learning about nonprofits, I said, "Okay, it's time," yeah. and <laughs> submitted the paperwork. Um, it's uh, Treasure Coast Hope for the Homeless Foundation, and really? yeah, we basically. Um, It's more of a money foundation now where we partner with other nonprofits in the community or individuals that are in need. We don't want to be a standalone, you know, just doing our own thing. We want to be more of a force multiplier. And I'll give you an example. Mm. Graceway Village in Fort Pierce, they're a nonprofit that serves. They have a clothing boutique where kids can go in there and shop for free. They feed Mm. the homeless every single week, thousands of meals. So when they're... um, Oven went bad, the commercial oven. Hmm. You know, we were able to step in with three thousand dollars and buy him a new oven. Wow! You know, so um, last year, even though we were in the middle of the pandemic, you know, we raised close to sixty thousand dollars.
0: Sixty thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, that's and impressive. That's our that's our main fundraiser throughout the year. The and golf tournament. The golf tournament, and uh, we raised a lot of money. And um, it's funny, my joking with my wife, I said, "Man, I'm." so good at raising money. I said, go around, ask these businesses. Yeah, They can't write me a check fast enough when I'm there. She's like, you know, you're wearing a gun, right? When you- <laughs> I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. But uh, yeah, so we uh, you know, we kid. But um, yeah. the, the, the real nice thing about the nonprofit that we're a part of, and not only the kids involved in it, uh, we don't get any salaries for it. All the money that we make, there's no overhead. I mean, even the taxes get done by an accountant who does it for free. Wow. Um, we don't have any overhead uh other than a little bit of a light bill that we you know through you we have to pay but um it's just the you know the, the, the office space that we have on us one's donated to us um you Amazing. know that's a ten thousand dollar donation per yeah, year a year um you know it, so all the money goes back out into the community or when we see mm. somebody in need and mm. uh you know, I'd like to dedicate more time to it, and one day I can. The goal, though, is as the kids get older, they're going to take it over. And, you know, we're, we're kind of minding the store right now. But yeah. they're out there. They're, they're learning about not only nonprofit work, but they're seeing how a business runs. And yeah. They get out to go do a lot of public speaking, uh, different things like that. So it's been a, just right. a wonderful experience, and they've met a lot of good Yeah influential people in the community by doing that you know mm-hmm. and uh they don't realize it because when they were younger they don't know right. they're meeting a congressman or the sheriff yeah. or whoever you know so it's um yeah. it's pretty neat, neat neat to see the innocence you know Yeah, but they're just doing good stuff
0: it, you know it's it's impressive because this is a project that they had mm-hmm. it was it was something that they wanted to do and you know you're supporting it you've you poured into the mm-hmm. you've poured into them and you know investing in them and that that goes back again to that philosophy you know, yep. we, we, don't, we don't live for ourselves. We live in this community and right. we're pouring into the community, and it's so important to give back and give more than you take.
1: Absolutely. Well, like I said, you know, I really believe, um, you know, I'm a spiritual person, you know, and I believe in God and yeah. I, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I just, you know, believe He was the ultimate servant leader. And mm. if, we're, if we're built in that image, and this is just a personal perspective I have, um, I think if, that's why it feels so good when we do it. You know, when we serve other people, you do feel good when you do that. And so selfishly, I do get a lot of um, satisfaction out of helping people, you know. I I get people that tell me all the time, you know, you need to learn to say no more, you need to, uh," (laughs) you know. And I'm like, you know, these are rented titles. I'm Mm -hmm. only gonna be a police officer for so many years and have the opportunity to really make an impact in, in people's lives. And I think you should just use whatever position you have In life, and leverage that to help as many people as you can. And um, I try to do that every day. I, when I come to work every single day, I want people like we talked about earning it. You know, you got to earn it every day. I want people to think that I'm the best person for this job each and every day. Mm. No entitlement. Just go out there, work hard. And I think when people see that, you know, that leadership by example type deal. it'll hopefully inspire them to do the same, you know? And I see that in our officers, the way they serve this community. I see, And they inspire me every day, but what I see them do. So it's mm. kind of a, a circle that goes around, you yeah. know? But uh, it's just a wonderful community. It's just such an honor to serve here every day. I mean, like I said, I'm blessed, man. I've never yeah. had a bad day working for the city of Port yeah. St. Lucie. I've seen some bad things, but never anything caused by the city. The city treats its people unbelievable. It's a wonderful place to yeah. work. Um, it's a wonderful place to live. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I just think, you know, if you're out here doing good, it's going to come back to you. you know, yeah, good comes to good. My buddy always tells me.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, I, I, I like that. And and again, it goes back to that cyclical. You're you're feeding each other. Absolutely. That 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 perspective, that lifestyle, that mm-hmm. energy, and you're living it, not just while you're wearing the badge, but also when when you're just a civilian and uh-huh. you're out there and with your family and. You know, you're putting it into practice every single day. Correct. Does your family um, support what you do?
1: Oh, every day. Yeah, my my wife's, you know, obviously my biggest uh, cheerleader and supporter. Yeah. She's sacrificed so much to allow me to um, succeed in this career because, Mm. you know, when you start out, you're working shift work. You're, Mm. like I said, I was trying to go to school, like I was taking a full-time slate of classes while working full-time. Yeah. And then, you know, when we had the kids and, you know, she's all about being a mom, but she went back and got her education as well. She has a um, bachelor's degree in um, elementary education from Florida Atlantic University. Yeah. Now she's a real estate agent. She's chasing, okay. chasing her dream. Uh, she, she always loved working in real estate. She was a teacher for many years, kindergarten teacher for many years, which she loved. She actually adored. Um, but She wanted to try a little something different, a little bit more flexibility, right. especially as our kids are getting older and, you know, now we have one leave in the nest. You know, it's kind of, we're, yeah. we're entering a new chapter in yeah. our lives. And uh it's just so and I would tell people to just enjoy every single minute with their mm. families because like when my oldest went to college, you know, we, we had a routine for eighteen years since she came home from wow. the hospital with us that every wow. day we did the same thing and then one day they go to college and they're gone. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. just so so uh you know, we look back on a lot of those memories very, very fondly, but then you mm-hmm. also look back and go, Man, I wish I would have did you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to one day um, when my kids have kids and I'm a grandfather and I can have a little bit more time and I'm not so busy where I could <laughs> maybe make up. Because I, I feel like I missed out on a lot of things between going to school, working full time, like a lot of people have. You know, that's just what what happens yeah. in life. It's very fast-paced. Yeah. But as we get older now and you reflect back, you, you know, you, you kind of wish you could... Uh, You know, you can't get back time. It's the one thing we can never, you can't purchase more of it. You know, know, there's only a limited amount. So that's why I really try to maximize the time that I do have. And like I said, not only with my family, but serving other people, this community. Um, And I work alongside, and like I talked about, like the Boys and Girls Club, the board members. You know, the fire chief sits on there. um, Many other influential people throughout this community. um, And they inspire me. Every day. I mean, just seeing, mm. I mean, these are hall. I I, always, I don't joke with it. I, I call them, these guys are hall of famers. They, they, yeah. they built the boys and girls club and they've put the mm. time in year after year and to see where it's come from to where it is now. Yeah. Um, and that's how I want to be thought of one day. You know, mm. I, I tell people, you know, I tell the guys at work all the time, you know, and, and girls, you know, like I said before, these are rented titles, you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to be police officers our whole life. This isn't who defines you. But when you walk out that door for the last time, you look back, You want to say, man, I was a part of something special. Yeah. You know, we were the safest city 13 years in a row. You know, we built this place into a a Super Bowl winning type of organization, championship. Mm. Uh, The city's better because we were here. And that's what you want. No regrets. The people Mm. that have regrets in life are the ones that missed opportunities because they didn't take advantage of them for whatever reasons. You look back and go, man, I really wish I would have did something different. So while you're here, do it. Maximize it, you know.
0: You know, I think that there's a, there's an emerging theme um, based on, on, on what you're saying, and that's intentionality. You know, you've been intentional mm-hmm. in the way that you've approached your relationship with your daughters, um, with your with your wife, mm-hmm. um, your career, and even the way that, that the police department is approaching their relationship to the city and, and what you want out of your career, you know. I want to this this is the legacy that I want to Mm leave this is the kind of thing I want I want history to say about me right you know I think that that's very important how do we how do we live that way how does a person that's probably sitting at home realizing maybe I haven't lived with 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 very clear intentionality in my life how how do they change that
1: well every journey starts with that one step you know um Mm -hmm. You know, someone once joked with me, they said, you know, the first reason, uh, the, the, the first thing when you're, when, you're, when you're in a hole is um, stop digging one. Mm. So, you know, sometimes you just got to put the brakes on, assess where you're <laughs> at, and you can change. You know, yeah. I had people tell me when I first came into the organization, oh, you'll never get promoted after five years. Yeah. I got promoted after five years. I made wow. sergeant after five years. Because if you let people put limitations on you, then you're going to be a prisoner you can do whatever you want in this life if you want to work hard enough go out there yeah is it going to be easy No. you're going to have, to be successful in life i really truly believe you're going to have to overcome tremendous adversity anybody who's ever accomplished something had to, had to get up off the ground at some point in their life dust themselves off and keep moving forward you know but what do people say all the time about successful people oh they've had it so easy oh they've yeah, had that, yeah.
0: that's the assumption that's the assumption
1: you know, I had to sell jeans at a flea market to get yeah. tuition to go to the police academy.
0: And, 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 you know, and, that's and, and on the failure of a business.
1: Yes. On the know? failure of a business. Yeah. So it turned a negative into a positive. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, so so for me, I have goals in life that I want to do. Mm-hmm. But kind of what we do at the police department, we want to be the safest city, right? That's our mm-hmm. That's our goal every year. That's our mission. That's what we want to do, customer service. But what's the process that's going to get you there? Yeah. So we, we focus on the process. And then when right. we, you, you take those intentional steps, eventually mm-hmm. the outcome's going to take care of
0: itself. I had, a, I had a friend that used to focus on that and say that, you know, he says, he would say, don't, don't focus on the dream. He'd say, focus on the process. That's right. Focus on, on the step that you need to take today mm-hmm. and tomorrow and the next day forget about the thing he said success will come right. with work yeah he was like do the work and forget about success yeah and and you're gonna look back one day and realize you've succeeded and it's because of those steps that you've Absolutely. taken along
1: the way. you know and when I was uh I, I spent 11 years on the SWAT team yeah. and when I first got on the SWAT team we had really no not a lot of equipment um really not much of anything <laughs> But well, we had some leadership on that team, mm. and uh, Carmine Izzo, who's a commander with our police department now, yeah, he started what was called a, um, actually started under a sergeant before him, Mike Kurth, but right. Carmine really perfected it. Uh, we started a strategic planning process every year. Mm. He would make us show up in business suits,
0: mm. and these
1: are SWAT guys, right? So yeah. we'd go to an yeah. all-day off-site retreat mm. where we would out. We'd, we'd look at our strengths, our weaknesses, opportunities, threats, mm. and then we would make goals. Yeah. And so if you do two or three goals a year, personally and professionally, after five years, you've accomplished 10 things. Yeah. You look back and now our SWAT team is unbelievable, you know, Mm. from where it was when I was on the team 20 years later. Yeah. Um, But it starts with that first step, that plan. And I I would just encourage everybody um, that's listening and and out there, you know, no matter where you are in life now, you know, just focus on those continuous improvements. Mm. Stay positive. Don't let people affect your attitude. You know, attitude is just so important, and I really preach that to our to our people every day. Um, You know, attitude's a choice. You know, when you get out of bed every day, you got a choice: you're either gonna have a positive attitude or negative one. And but we we allow other people to affect our attitudes all the time, and that's wrong. You know, and just you got to stay positive and um, just keep moving forward, focus on continuous improvements, and that's um, what I try to do personally and professionally. It's hard sometimes. It is. You know, I'm on Facebook. I do all the things. It looks like, you know, I got a perfect life, but I I got problems too. You know, I got, (laughs) I have issues uh, just like everybody else does, but uh, Mm -hmm. we just got to keep overcoming them all the time.
0: Yeah. Um, And and it's, it's important to, to perhaps not focus so much on, on that and just continue taking the necessary steps. Absolutely. You know, um, everybody has, has obstacles Mm -hmm. that they have to overcome. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend that used to say, choose your heart. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you go left, it's gonna be hard. If you go right, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, choose your heart. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) But never give up. You know, never give up. And uh, you know, one of the things that we're dealing with in society as a whole, and we deal with in the police department, is mental health crisis. Really? Oh, it's. you know, I, I saw an interesting statistic that back in the, the 60s when we were basically 150 million people in this country, there were 600,000 long-term uh, beds available for people mental health-wise. Hmm. Now with over 300 million people in this country, there's only 60,000. Yeah. So because of that, state prisons and county jails have become the largest mental, mental health, health. Pro- providers to people, which have, have criminalized mental health. Wow. Which is wrong.
0: You know, I've never thought of that. Yeah. That's an interesting thought.
1: There's a lot of people, like I said, dealing with problems. There's a lot of people in crisis. We, we, we respond to those type of calls every day and try to get people, you know, the help that they need. But um, we just need to do more to encourage people to deal with those type of issues. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, sometimes that ends in, you know, suicide and things like that, which mm-hmm. we don't ever want to see because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a permanent solution to a temporary problem right and you know I would, I would just tell anybody that's out there listening that you know seek help you know we all need mm-hmm. we all deal with issues we all need help from time to time talk to different people So uh, that's one of the emergent things I see in Port Saint Lucie is just um, that we're dealing with all the time is just the mental health crisis. Yeah. uh, Not only in the country, but just in our community as a whole. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of. This has been a tough year for a lot of people with the pandemic, um, with the you know jobs, different things like that. But uh, you know, there's good days ahead. You know, Mm. we just can never give up and keep focusing on the positive things. Yeah.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think that it's important for us to. To really to talk about it to destigmatize oh, uh, mental health, uh, and 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 you know what you said about the prison system that's that's an interesting mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that that merits some more investigation on absolutely. my part for sure, um, you know, and I wonder what it is that 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 causes that aversion um, from communities that resistance even to address mental health to yeah. to talk about it to um, Perhaps do its part in destigmatizing these issues. What do you think that we can do to perhaps improve that?
1: Well, the conversation, you know, back when like when I started in police work, um, they didn't do a lot for police officers after critical incidents. Um, You Mm. know, we see a lot of bad stuff Mm. every day. Um, We see things that people have no idea what what some of the um, traumatic situations are. Everyone thinks that you know. Post traumatic stress disorder is just something you get if you're in a combat situation. And it could be any traumatic situation that you see. God forbid, a child drowns or Mm -hmm. something, or someone's killed in a car accident. We see a lot of bad stuff. Hmm. So, back when I was in, you know, started 23 years ago, if you had any type of problems, you know, they just treated us, not they, the profession. I'm saying it was like you were a robot. Oh, just deal with it, move on to the next thing, deal with it, move on. And before you know it, just compartmentalizing all these issues and you don't really know how to process it you know in law enforcement 50 percent divorce rate um wow you know the, we have some people that alcohol dependency different things like that because they don't know how to deal with the problem. so over the past 10 years or so we've gotten better with um critical incident debriefs where the officers have peer one-on-one counseling with a peer group to talk about issues if they need help otherwise trying to remove that stigma yeah um you know i'm not uh, listen i i I know for sure i'll 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 be eventually talking to counselors you know things that i want to make sure i can live a healthy lifestyle when this career is over and maybe deal with some of the things that i've seen so Mm. part of getting people help is removing that stigma that you're abnormal for Mm. trying to get help Mm. or you're you're seen as different. It, yeah. No, that's that's in, not a healthy in attitude. In the Hispanic
0: community, it's you're crazy. Right. Like, like if you have depression or if you're struggling with depression and you get help, yeah. oh, you're, you're crazy. That's for crazy people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that can't be farther from the truth.
1: Correct. Right. And it, it, it really is, you know, but think about every day with the, with the, the phones. Mm-hmm. We're just bombarded with negativity all day mm-hmm. long. You turn on a news app, it's negative. You social media, negative. You know, there are some fun times on social media yeah. too, but there is a lot of negativity. Sure. Then people are dealing with their own problems in life, money, yeah. Yeah. marriage, uh, and it's like, at some point, you, you know, some people do reach that breaking point where they right. need help and they need to know, know how to get it. So I, I think the biggest thing is having the conversations Um, Removing the stigma that's with it um, Mm -hmm. and uh, just encouraging people and just taking care of one another. I think that's just so important, you know. So and I I, I see that changing in law enforcement, you know, from a profession side. But, uh, you know, I don't don't see the stigma so much anymore um, in the community when people need help. At least, you know, i probably changed my views on things over the years as we get older and more educated, you know. Um, So, you know, it's just... uh, it's going to be evolving but that is one of the things that i see out there that i just um hmm. you know we're dealing with more and more in mental health crisis so
0: and i'm happy to hear that that you're taking you know an approach to that, that mm-hmm. you're actually doing something about that that's yeah. very good
1: yeah and, and you know the you know, law enforcement years ago used to go, you know we're not trained psychologists right and so we go out to these situations not know how to do it. And now we're working with New Horizons and different, right. um, you know, crisis intervention people that are trained to, to deal with people so we don't end up with bad situations and bad outcomes uh, involving law enforcement. Because yeah. there are some things that, quite honestly, we go to that we don't, we shouldn't. We're not trained to, to deal yeah. with those type of situations. Yeah. So, um, and I see that changing over time. And that's good. Those are mm-hmm. those are positive changes and reforms that I think are coming down the, down the pike. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'd like to have more time to talk about that. I think yeah. that that's a very important subject, and um, it, it sparked a lot of of questions in my mind. Um, but, but our time. Is is coming to oh, it's an now. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it, though. I, I, I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Um, it, I'd like to give you an opportunity to speak directly to to the community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like I said, it's, it's just a, it's an honor to serve this community every day. Mm-hmm. And our officers and civilian staff at the police department. You know, we have over three hundred and thirty members at the Port St. Lucie Police Department between sworn and civilian staff. That are just dedicated to this community and making sure that you know we keep our quality of life going. Um, we are a safe community, but we don't do that alone. You know, mm-hmm. our, our community takes a lot of steps in doing that. And just, I hope everyone just feels a sense of pride. You know, in Port yeah. St. Lucie, that it is a great place to live, work, and play. You know, that those aren't just uh, you know talking points. That that's actually you know proven. Um, that it is a great place to live, work, and play. We want to keep it that way. We're here to serve you. Whatever everybody needs, please just, I always tell people this, never feel like you're bothering us. There's no problem that's too big or too small that we're not ready to handle. This is what we went to school for. This is what we live to do we love responding to calls for service and, and helping people and cause that's what we're built to do. And that's what we're yeah. going to continue to do and provide that high level of customer service that we talked about. So serving the customer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every day. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Thank you so much. Thanks <laughs> for having for me, having brother. Me. All right, Could man. I appreciate you. Day. Thank you. Thank you.
0: For listening to today's episode, this has been Jorge Coxach with stories from PSL, Florida. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to like, to subscribe, and of course to share it. We value your reviews, so if you have something that you would like others to know about the show, please write us a review and give us a rating according to however you feel impressed. Also, if you'd like to contact us, send us an email at contact at pslflorida.com looking forward to hearing from you and looking forward to once again joining you on our journey to get to know the people the places the movements and the businesses in our town till next time goodbye